Hello and welcome to Center for Victory's podcast of your best day yet. Here at Center for Victory, we're here to help unlock, reinforce, and enrich relationships through personal and professional development. I'm Eric Guy, Chief Victory Officer at the Center for Victory. Today we have with us back again, Dr. Paul Spradley. Welcome back, my friend. I'm back and I'm better than ever, man. I am better than ever. It's my best day yet. Yeah, you're always looking good. You look better every time I see you. And, uh, you know, the thrift store has a lot of really great finds there, man. So, you know, you can get yourself a nice vest. <laughs> get yourself a nice vest for, for six bucks and, and look like a million bucks. Yeah, so we're back talking about this month uh, for June. We're talking about getting connected. And one of the things that I know you're ready to, to give us some advice on today is this whole idea of, of empathy and some of the differences that we see in it. But first, you know, let's just kick it off with what it, what it is. What is empathy? Yeah, so I would say empathy is, is one of the main ways to connect uh, with people. And, and we don't do it very well because we don't have a lot of practice with it. And a lot of times we don't know what that means. But, you know, if you look at the definition of what empathy is, it's simply the ability to understand and share in the feelings of somebody else. Um, and that's a, that's a big deal because it's action-based, right? The idea of empathy being that I, I'm um, looking to connect with you by understanding and, and trying to feel the feelings that you're feeling around a certain thing, around the things that are valuable to you, that are important, that, that are, have built up, uh, that have been made up of your value systems for over your life. And so there's a big difference between empathy, uh, which is this sort of connecting piece, and sympathy. So sympathy is, is uh, oh man, I feel so bad for you, right? Like, you know, uh, I tell you that um, my, my brother passed away and you say, oh, I feel so bad for you, right? And that's kind of the end of your, you don't, you're, you're not truly connecting with me, but you, you have feelings of pity. So when you look at the definition of sympathy, it's, it's uh, feelings of pity or sorrow for another person. Um, even in those definitions, do you feel like you can hear the difference between like empathy and sympathy? Eric? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I talk about it a lot too. And I mean, I think for me, sympathy is like, oh, woe is you. And, and I, I almost don't validate the person where sympathy or empathy is taking it to that next level is, look, I might not agree with you, but I validate where you, where you're at. Like I feel you and yeah. it's a deeper connection there to your point. Well, and I think the thing is, man, I think that where people miss it is, is, um, there's some work that happens with empathy that doesn't necessarily happen with sympathy. And so uh, we oftentimes will default to sympathy because it's easier. Uh, but empathy means, all right, so let me, if I, I don't understand what you're, what you're going through, right? So I, I, recently there's been, uh, you know, racial tension with the police and black Americans. And, and I've had white friends and colleagues, they'll reach out and say, you know, I, I really want to help. And so part of the process that I encourage them is to, hey, educate yourself. Like, I need you to have feelings of being frustrated that this continues to happen to me and, and nobody is uh, seeming to be upset by it. And, and once you start to develop your own feelings around it, then you have a different perspective. And now it's not so much this thing that you're seeing happening on the news, uh, but you're genuinely uh, invested in. And, and that can happen in other ways as well, too. So if someone at your church or workplace loses a, a loved one uh, and you want to connect with them around that, um, just saying, man, I feel so bad for you. That, that is not, that's not empathizing. 
Uh, but if you sat and you listened to that person and, and you said, so like, where's your pain coming from? You know, I had a, a friend and her mom passed away last Tuesday. And, um, you know, I said, is there anything I can do? She said, no. The next day I said, you know, do you have any memories or pictures of your mom um, to help me kind of understand who she was to you? And she sent me 12 pictures in a row. Like she said, this was from Mother's Day of 2017. This was from her birthday in 2018. And she had a little story with each of these things. And so through that process, I began to like, she sent these pictures rapidly. It was almost like she was waiting for someone to say that. And then when she did, I was able to empathize with her because I saw as her texts were coming through the joy that was in her face. So I'm now feeling something that's very different than me on the first day saying, is there anything I can do? No, there's not. And that would, it, for most people, that would have been the end of the conversation. It would have been, is there anything I could do? I'm sorry that you lost your brother. Sorry that you lost your mother. Sorry that you lost, you know, I'm sorry, but is, is there anything I can do? No, okay, I'm gonna go my merry way. Whereas I, I committed to checking in on her the next four days. Right. And so the, the, the second day I asked her to tell me memories about her mom. The third day I said, listen, I know that you probably have a hard time making decisions right now because your mind is cloudy because you've got this really heavy weight of this loss. Is it okay if I brought you something to eat or are you okay there? Right. Cause you might not even be thinking about food. So now I'm, I'm I've taken on this idea of, of empathizing for where she's at for not having uh, maybe being stable mentally in this space of losing her mother, right? Like her best friend, she just communicated to me that this person who passed away was so important to her life. And um, I only would have gotten there if I had taken the extra step to say, hey, tell me about why your mom was important to you. Why was she valued to you? So it's really action-based and it's this idea of, of leaning in a little bit more, um, you know, to, to why this thing is important to you. Why are you upset about this? Like to help me understand so that I could share in that upset, that feeling that you have. Why are you super happy about this thing? Like, why are you excited? Um, and not to, not to go on too much of a rant, but sometimes women in relationships with men, like they're, they're yearning for men to have, uh, to con for that connection, for this idea of like, hey, I want to like, share in your excitement around things. I want to share with, in, in your places of hurt. And, and sometimes the other side of it is true where, where we don't have the, the tools to be able to communicate, like, here's why I'm really hurting, right? Because I've, I've not figured that out. So that's a lot. I apologize for going off on a bit of a tangent there. No, that was good. I mean, the big thing that I got that I want folks to remember is that it's action-based. I mean, if, if you hear all that, that was all good information, but it needs to be action-based. And I think that's a big Big tip there, so I appreciate that. Um, why is it important, and what does it, you know, really have to do with connection? So talk about next level now and connecting with folks. Yeah, man. So I think that it's it's really about providing some context around empathy. So the reason that it's so easy to to disconnect is because it's I don't have to do any work. I don't have to think about you as a, as a, I could just sort of think about you abstractly. But everyone has most people are familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs, right? And this idea of uh, there's certain things that need to happen in order for a person to, to reach their optimal self. And at the very bottom of that pyramid is safety. Uh, what does safety look like? And, and in a lot of spaces, it's, it's having someone being able to connect with them in a way that that is not sympathetic, but empathetic, right? Like, so 
uh, I, I'm caring for your entire being, right? Like I'm, I'm looking you in your eyeballs and we're having this conversation. And, and so I'm creating a space for you to emote with me. And now you feel safe. And, and that is at the root of what connection is. So when you talk about, you know, your theme being connection, I'm, I'm excited for the other people who might be t coming in and talking about different angles around this idea of how to connect and what connecting looks like in different spaces. But I think that um, for your listeners, if they can understand the idea of, of how important, you know, it's, it's, the, it's the number one thing around, you know, these hierarchy of needs that we have as human beings, like I need to feel safe. And, I, and in that space, I need to know that I'm connecting with somebody. Um, that is you know, I think that's what's at the root of it. I know that you have a lot of listeners who are, um, who are connected to their faith. And, you know, I think that this also, this idea of connecting and, and empathy ties into, you know, the two greatest commandments, love God and love people. Well, loving people is not meant to be, um, you doing okay? All right, good. I'm going to go my way and you go yours. Yeah, right? Like, that's what we think. It, like, sometimes people think that as long as I'm not killing anybody, I'm loving everybody. And that's not true, right? Like love is like when you're in a relationship, you, it's a, it's, there's work that's involved. It's a journey. It's a process that you will mess up with and, and, and get better at, right? It, it's, and build on things and find out new things as you're together longer, right? Like, um, you know, I, I, I look at you and your, your wife, man, and, and I feel like you all, you, the way that you love each other didn't happen instantly the first time you met, right? Like you, you talked about that in your book a little bit. Like there's, there's been a growth process for you, a growth process for her. Um, but that's what, that's the same sort of thing that empathy is. Empathy is loving your neighbor. Yeah. Uh, professional versus personal relationships. What does that look like? Do you have any examples of what that looks like personally and professionally? I know I called you a few days uh, ago and, and heard you on, on the phone with your kids and it just brought a smile to my face um, because I know you and I, I feel like I know your kids I mean I've never met them yet uh, but I feel like I know them but they were so funny on the phone but let me just drop there <laughs> and, and ask you okay what does it look like professionally what does it look like in our personal relationships and if you have any examples yeah. So I've got, I've got, a, and my kids, they were going crazy, man. They were literally like crawling over my head when you called. And uh, <laughs> I was like, Hey, I'm on the phone. <laughs> but I guess that's what, you know, I, I love every part of it. I love that. Uh, um, and, and actually I'll start there. I'll use that as a, as a great sort of professional example because of the coronavirus, we've been able to physically look inside of people's homes and see elements of who they are that they've never been able to bring to work before, right? And I've seen incredible empathy um, from people who may not have kids, but are on a Zoom call and a kid comes in like crying and they're like, all right, everybody just, maybe let's just take, take five minutes for a second. Let's give uh, Eric a second to, to handle, handle his child. Or I give you permission on the front end because I realize that that's something that's tough. Like I'm, I'm feeling the fact that you're trying to do work and you know, manage your family at the same time, and and those things are happening in the same space. So having empathy is 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 recognizing that and feeling that this person wants to be here, but but can't. Uh, being sympathetic might be saying, "Listen, can you can you shut your kid up, please? Can you just? I mean, I understand that they're there. I, I appreciate you being a parent, but please just 
get them out of here, right? Like, so it's, it's not fully investing or understanding. And I think empathy in workspaces um, is, is noticing and giving value to people, um, to the elements of them that may be um, underrepresented, right? So um, I, I had a, there's a pretty cool example. I was doing a training uh, with, a, with an insurance company and uh, I, I invited two of the, the people to come up and said, I, I'm looking for two colleagues to come up and just tell me about your service. And I want you to sell that service to me as a 59 year old black man. Okay. Uh, and I said, you know what? Change that. I'm 65. I'm a 65 year old black man. Uh, and I live in the Hill District of Pittsburgh. And I want you to sell me your, your, your insurance. And I was very intentional about saying that I am a 65 year old black man. The first gentleman that came up, um, he said, Hey, I just uh, wanted to, uh, you know, you're a big Steelers fan. Yeah, no, I, 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 you know, and his, his whole angle around telling me the insurance was connecting me to sports. You know, he was trying to connect with me and, and just use his natural charm that he has. He was really good at, at, at that. And, um, and I said, okay, so that was, you, you spoke to me, but you didn't speak to me as a black man. That's what I challenge you to do because we were talking about getting into new cultural markets. What does it mean for you to be empathetic to me as a 65 year old black man? And the next woman that went, she said, you know, do you have any grandkids? And I said, I do. She's like, you know, have, have you ever thought about leaving them something? And I said, as an, as an older man, I think about that all the time because I didn't have that left for me. What she did was she connected with me on a different level, right? It was, a, it wasn't this sort of same package presentation that she had. She was empathetic for me and my culture and where I lived and understanding that there were other elements that went into how I might be thinking about insurance and this idea that if you connect with my, with my, if you empathize with the fact that I want to leave a legacy and that I didn't always have that as an option in my lifetime, my parents didn't have that. That's a different conversation, man. Right. So that's, I think that's one professional example of empathy. Um, I have a personal one. I, my wife would probably punch me in the neck if I, you know, for, for sharing it. But, um, you know, I, I think, I think we, being authentic is, is, is important for my growth and for everyone else's growth as well too. So, um, I, I am a pretty charismatic person. Um, I don't know if you can tell Eric, I like to talk with my hands and, um, earlier in my relationship with my wife, like when we were first married, um, I also like when I was in, from the time I was in college, I, I thought that part of my personality was um, that I'm flirty. Like I'm, I'm, I flirt with everybody. That's part of who I am. Like I'm just a flirty guy. And um, I remember hearing my, my wife say, I don't like it when you do that. And I, I sympathized with her and I said, I hear you. I, but that's part of, that's my character. That's who I am. And um like not hearing her and that the, the friction disconnection that that caused by not being empathetic. And when I, when I finally like looked and listened to the, to her tears of, of how I was impacting her, right? Like, like when you do this, this is how that makes me feel. And I, when I finally heard that and I was empathetic and I wore her feelings and I was like, okay, this is what she's feeling around this thing that I'm saying as an excuse is my personality. I, like I, so I had to go from being sympathetic and, and hearing what she was saying 
to being empathetic and, and genuinely connecting with her feeling of hurt in this space. And so now uh, I can still be charismatic and not flirty, right? Like I, I, because of that intentional thought process that I went through, I was able to um, separate this bad behavior and this, uh, this, this idea, I, I'm a charismatic person. And she wasn't telling me not to be charismatic. She was saying, I also don't like it. I, I don't like it when you, when that charisma turns into um, sort of flirty dialogue and behavior and, and things like that. And I absolutely get it. And I didn't get it before because I was close to it, right? Like I was, I was sympathetic only. Um, but that I think that empathy allows you to also grow because you're looking at yourself. It's not, it's not generic, man. Like you have to take on the feelings. You have to wear them and feel the feelings in order to really try to connect with the other person. Yeah. And then last question, then kind of going into what you just said, what happens when we get it wrong? Um, obviously the kind of the twofold there, what happens when we get it wrong and how do we write it? Yeah. So great question. I think, um, so I, I simply put, when we get it wrong, we damage relationships with people. Um, and I, when I'm doing trainings, I'll talk about unconscious bias because that's something that people have heard of before. And, and this is idea that I am unconsciously causing harm, right? So uh, th when you look at the, the, the elements of restorative justice, restorative practices, it's ha harm has been caused and we want to repair that harm. And I'm saying that when we get this wrong, this idea of empathy, when we get it wrong, we can go for not just years, but generations. Like I can pass this lack of empathy down to my kids because they're seeing how I'm engaging with certain groups of people, certain populations of people. I genuinely don't care for this population. I, I have no interest in, in really being sad for homeless people because I think it's their fault. I have this as an internal thought in my head and I pass this down to my kids and, and they pick this up from me. They pick up how I'm, uh, how I'm connecting with people and it damages relationships, man. Like there's, there's divisions that are present that we're seeing right now because this has never been addressed. This idea of what does it mean for me to take a step and be empathetic? And I think that if you learn how to be empathetic towards people, then you won't have to worry about well, there's so many different types of people. I can't possibly love each one of them. You can, it's a growth process, but I think that there's some basic things that you can do um, active listening, right? Like to, like just taking the, the idea of saying, I'm going to intentionally try to empathize with this person today because I don't know what they're going through. And so that might be asking a question and then asking a follow-up question. It might be just listening and saying, Hey, how are you feeling? Um, and then repeating back what I heard that person say, right? So those are, I think a few basic things, but I, I think it, it really first starts with, uh, I'm going to commit in my mind to being empathetic and and then watch the fruits play out from that and you you're going to mess up and and that's okay when you do you apologize and you try not to do that thing again um but it's a it's a lifelong active process of being uh of connecting with people and we were meant to connect right i think that there's a great reward on the other end of this if you if you learn how to do this better well I, yeah definitely 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 absolutely that's good stuff. And uh, hopefully we can have you back on if you're not too, too busy uh, this month and get diving down into some of that other stuff that you were talking about. Love to have you back on if we can get that scheduled. So. Yeah, man, let's make that happen.
Okay. Um, as we leave, favorite quote motto that you want to leave with us as we end? Uh, Maya Angelou has, has a quote that she says, um, and I'm going to try to get this exactly right, but I, I'm going to encourage you to Google it. Maya Angelou has a quote where she says, uh, I've learned that people will forget what you, uh, what you said. People will forget uh, what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. Um, and sometimes we make people feel horrible without even realizing it. Right. Like, and I think that goes back to this idea of like damaged relationships. Like if, if I, if you had on cleats, Eric guy, and you stepped on my foot and I had on sandals, it would hurt me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, and, it, and, and even if you said, Oh, that I didn't do it intentionally. Yeah, you did. You didn't. There's, you may, you just walked over my foot, but it still hurt. Like the fact that you didn't mean to do it doesn't mean that it didn't still hurt. So I love that quote when Maya Angelou talks about this idea of like, people will forget what you said, people forget what you did, but they won't forget how you made them feel. Um, because those feelings, that's what, those positive feelings are what creates connection. And those negative feelings, if you keep stepping on my foot with your cleats, it creates damage, it creates separation. So I love that quote. I think it ties in really well to this topic it does very well and you know i just had kind of an uh, an aha there while you were talking about that as much that's much how you and i met they were just a good feeling yeah you know, it was like okay let's do this want to get together sure let's go and then you know then their friendship was just made and it was it was so good because you know we just dropped everything that might have been a guard to thinking that i can't connect with this person um, you know, at least from my point of view, you might've thought, wow, what's this guy doing? Uh, <laughs> no, so I think I mean, that's absolutely right, man. We were both intentional, right? Like you could have looked at me and said, oh, there's this black guy. And I could have looked at you and said, oh, there's this white guy with long hair. We're probably going to clash. But we didn't do that, right? Like we said, there's something about you. And I want to be intentional about making sure that we have that again. Let's get to explore that a little bit. That's exactly the, the intentionality we were talking about this whole time, man. Like it's not just around feelings of, of hurt, but it's around feelings of joy. Like if there's good energy, like lean into that, like ask questions. And that's what we did. Like the first two times we got together, we just asked each other questions about how we thought about like our philosophies, about how we build uh, strategies around leadership. Like we just asked questions off of each other because we wanted to learn. And that was incredibly intentional, man. And, and you did not step on my feet with your cleats. Uh, in fact, you, uh, we had a great, um, and, and I'm looking forward to like just continuing to grow with you as well. Yeah. I mean, and it was so quick too. And I think that's what people need to hear. Like we didn't have to spend a lot of time wading through garbage nope. like, to connect like that. So great point. Great quote to end with. Always appreciate when you're on. And like I said, if you're, if you're not too busy, love to have you back on this month as we continue to talk about getting connected. Uh, that's all for today, folks. Really hope you enjoyed this. I know yeah, I enjoy every time Dr. Paul's on with us. Um, make sure you leave the video a like, leave a comment down in the section below. Uh, we'd also appreciate it if you'd hit that subscribe button as well as the bell icon. That way you can get notified when we post next. If you'd like more information, always visit us at centerforvictory.com. And remember, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, make this your